If you love to score amazing deals at incredible hotels, yes, you'll love Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight partners with hotels that help them sell their unsold rooms, helping you find sweet deals at cool, top-rated hotels. Even though their name's Hotel Tonight, you can also book in advance for spontaneous weekend staycations, getaways, three-day weekends, road trips, business bookings, and more. It's easy. Book hotels in 10 seconds and just three taps and a swipe. Get the Hotel Tonight app now to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels. That's Hotel Tonight, the only booking app you need. And now it's time for Jam Session. Welcome to Jam Session, still the official, or perhaps unofficial, depending on who you are, aka if you're not one of our moms, the unofficial slash official podcast of summer. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Juliette. I'm going with official. Okay. Official podcast You know, it's of like a then. secret. We're going to make it so. Sounds fantastic. Let's, let's make it so indeed. We're going to cover one of our favorite topics, David Gavin's Yacht, but first, we got to talk about Beyonce. Beyonce. Beyonce, baby. She's on the cover of Vogue. She's back in our lives. Should we talk about her essay or the photos first? So she's on the September cover. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the photos. She's photographed by Tyler Mitchell. Who's 23. First-time photographer for Vogue. And also, somehow, impossibly, the first African-American photographer in Vogue's 100-plus-year history. Is it for the cover or for the whole magazine? The cover, okay. but still. Phew. It's over 120 years Vogue has existed. That's, like, honestly sick. How do you... You kind of have to go out of your way to make that a thing. Not to accuse anyone of anything, but like you have to go out of your way, if not to not hire um, black photographers to like not like meet them. You have to be like, I'm cool with whoever comes past my transom. Like that's just actually like that's shocking. I agree. I have no defense or explanation for Vogue magazine, nor do I work there. It's it's baffling. It It is. It's like you kind of can't wrap your head around it. Yeah. Um, 123 years and 12 issues a year. Yes. Oh, my God. Well, they had a lot of opportunities. Well, thanks to Beyonce. Um, I used to be extremely critical of Beyonce, and I still am, like, a little dubious of some of the praise and adulation mm-hmm. she receives. However, I found this as told to, as told to Clover Hope for Vogue, at, written by Beyonce, incredibly moving. Like, profoundly so, in fact. Yeah, so let's talk about a little bit about how this all came together. It was rumored ahead of time. There were several rumors. We can talk about them. One of them being that Beyonce had, quote, unprecedented control over this issue of Vogue magazine, that she helped pick the photographer, helped design the shoot, um, put the whole thing together herself, had a lot of say, which we've talked about this before on Jam Session, but when typically you are reading a magazine cover or an interview uh, with a famous person, that famous person did not pick the photographer. They did not write the story or the headlines or decide what to wear. They are they are executing someone else's vision. Um, one note on that that I also think like we can come back to is I'm fairly privy to like how athletes book mm-hmm. covers, yes. how athletes operate when yes. they do media. And for whatever reason, I find that athletes really get to call a lot of the shots. And I mean like specifically male athletes. Yes. And I think there's a real difference still to this day between how male cover subjects get to define the terms of their agreements with like magazines and websites versus how women do. Like when's the last time there was like a fight between a male celebrity and a magazine and I can about like how they were portrayed. Like a, like a legit fight. Because like obviously the Lena Dunham one kind of like she wasn't mad at Vogue. But there yes. was a lot of, like, discussion about those photos and how Correct. they retouched of her. And I just think there's a lot, because of also just the way that women's appearances are focused on more so than men's. Yes. There's a lot more, like, kerfuffle or, around that. And I, it's just sort of, like, kind of amazing that maybe, like, until Beyonce, Vogue still had this power. 
She still has it. Maybe she's just an exception. That's really true. And I think especially the September issue in Vogue land, which this doesn't matter if you don't care about Vogue, but just put in some context. The September issue is the most important issue of the year. They made a whole documentary about this, uh, Anna Wintour putting together the September issue, which I recently rewatched because it's on Amazon Prime. Hmm. And I was having a birthday, and that's what I treated myself to, <laughs> was rewatching the September issue again. Still really fascinating. But you must be a grace head. Uh, yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm both. Grace, Grace Connington and Anna Winter. We know my feelings about Anna. But it's the September issue is typically 800, 900, 1,000 pages. It's that really, really thick uh, print issue. And they put a lot of effort and the ad team puts a lot of emphasis on it. So to give Beyonce as much control as they did is significant. Uh, it's really Beyonce's in charge. And I have to say... The results are great. Yeah. I think these photographs by Tyler Mitchell are really beautiful. They're slightly more, they're slightly less stylized than is what you get from a, say, Grace Coddington shoot or a Annie Leibovitz shoot. But, you know, Beyonce always looks beautiful. I really like the photographs. And as you alluded to previously, instead of the traditional cover profile, there is, and as told to, basically kind of a diary slash essay piece of writing by one Beyonce. It was so different that I was like, are these excerpts or is this the whole thing? Right, 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 right. <laughs> because it really is, she's just talking. And it's it's very clear that she chose the topics and she had some things that she wanted to talk about and she talks about them. And I, I don't want to minimize, Clo so it is as told to Clover Hope, who's a great journalist, and I don't want to minimize what it takes to make someone comfortable enough to talk this candidly about a number of issues that we should talk about. Uh, so, all credit to Clover Hope, but it really is like Beyonce's just talking to you. Yeah. And talking to you pretty intimately and without a lot of interference, which it's, you know, from Beyonce, that's really significant. Uh, yeah, ab absolutely. She also um, makes a point about having a lot less uh, makeup on, and she does, it is like much more natural. I mean, she looks stunning, and it, uh, like if this is what she looks like without makeup, like, wow, <laughs> so impressed. Um, but it's, it's pretty amazing. I also think that like, this just feels like such a piece of the, of the work that she started doing with Lemonade. And that's like pretty cool. Like even this feels like really open and honest in a way that we haven't gotten from her before, let alone most celebrities, but it feels like an extension of a project that she started a few years ago. And I, I really respect that. I think the extent to which her artistry is matched by her work ethic, which by all accounts is like just astounding is, is pretty cool. And one of the reasons that the both the photos and the piece are really cool is because they like speak they speak to that. Like it's like deliberate and um it has a lot of like thought put into it. And like it didn't just like happen overnight. Like there's like hard work. And like I'm so sick of the portrayal of celebrity as being easy. Absolutely. And she's prepared and thoughtful and she's doing this because she has something to say and she's really considered what that means, which is very different from, you know, anyone just getting to hop. Yeah. on the internet and, like, share their thoughts. There were some people who expressed concern that a celebrity was just handed a plat, you know, a platform or a cover without any sort of intermediary, and it's like, mm -hmm. do whatever you want, and, you know, quote, what about the journalism? Which I think for someone less compelling, maybe I would feel that way also, or it was someone who didn't 
have honestly who hadn't earned it. Also, but, no no shots at Vogue, but like I don't think of that. I don't think of them, let alone the September issue, as like a bastion of hard hitting journalism. That's all true. You know, it sets a precedent. Blah 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 blah. I like I get all of it. I think the writer Laura June tweeted something that I'm just going to read it because I agree with her. She said, I'm so glad to have this Beyonce essay diary of her thoughts rather than a profile. I can't say that would be true for everyone, but dot, 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 it's Beyonce, which again, that's essentially how I feel. Yeah. It's kind of similar to also when Gwyneth Paltrow decided to talk to the New York Times and they did an ass told to about Harvey Weinstein. It's like, that was a story that they had reported and really controlled through reporting. Mm-hmm. And then a major turning point in that story is when Gwyneth Paltrow did her, did her piece, which was, I'm sure not compl- on her own terms completely, but you know, when, when she chooses the New York times, like there's also like, I'm sure like a kind of negotiation of how it's going to go. And it's not without her saying, this is how it's going to, you know, this is how it's going to happen. Absolutely. Um, I actually thought that you were bringing up the other Gwyneth Paltrow article in the New York times, which I thought was a fascinating example of not quoting someone that you spent a lot of time with. And I thought it suffered for it. Uh-huh. There are some people that you just, you want to hear from. And yeah. if you, if they have something to say and they give you the time, you got to get out of the way a little. Yeah. That's not always the case. And journalism, holding people to accountability. Sure. Yes, et cetera. But part of the celebrity journalism gambit is to recreate the experience of spending time with the person, to yeah. give a sense of the person. And sometimes that involves just presenting the person. Yeah, absolutely. And also that, you know, Beyonce was going for like an unvarnished, like straightforward presentation. Yes. Across the board here. Yes. And she she really... Um, she nailed it. I don't know. I just I found that I found her talking about her body so so moving. Yeah, should we go through the highlights? Yeah, sure. Um, I found her talking about her body particularly like meaningful and impactful. Because first of all, women, famous women who are celebrities often don't talk this way. Yeah. And again, like there's especially living in LA, like you're so aware of the the subsect of people who like just spend all of their time getting into shape and looking a certain way, and they look great. And it's their only job, so it they their, can do it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And Beyonce says that like it's basically a job. Like when she decides she wants to have a six pack again, she'll work really hard at it, and she will. And I I really like admired the openness with which she talked about how she is currently, how that's changing, right. and like how that's like a noticeable difference, and like coming. To grips with it. Like, I think that there's so many changes that happen to your body specifically after pregnancy, but not that I would know, but like just in general, as you get older and it's not really discussed, like you're supposed to just like still look great. I actually blame the housewives in, in some part <laughs> for like contributing to these myths because all those women are like older, right. but they like obviously spend so much time trying to get in shape and shout out to them. But I just found that like transparency and that is a real change in like most dialogue that any celebrity has. And she talks about how it's a change for her. She said that yes. that was not how she responded after having her first child and that she was working through it. She also gives the immortal line, but right now my little fupa and I feel like yeah. we are meant to be, yeah. which I think, <laughs> God bless. I mean, I, you know, how many of us will be saying that to ourselves forever? I think also along this lines, she speaks pretty candidly about uh, the very difficult pregnancy and birth with yeah. the twins. Yes. Um, which women don't usually do. And women also aren't often given the space to talk about those things. She's been, and with, with Jay-Z, they've been, like, pretty, mm-hmm. like, open and, like, leaders in, de- in like, sort of de- destigmatizing miscarriage and tough pregnancies. He brought it up first, right, in um, on Watch the Throne. I think that he's addressed it first. And- yes, or one. I can't remember if it was that or Watch the Throne or a kind of a single later. But, yeah, it was, yeah, but it was, like, several years ago at this mm-hmm. point, which, I, which is, like, pretty incredible. I mean, there's just, like, 
each section had sort of like a wow, like good for you for speaking about it. And then obviously there's the an- ancestry section. Yes. Which is like probably the most thorny. And yes. uh, she, ta- but she talks about how she was descended from a slave owner and like how she like learned about that and coming to terms with it. Like that, um, that is certainly an experience that I could never understand. And I really, really admire her for, you know, for like not only disclosing it, but for like wanting it to be part of her narrative and like coming to terms with it. Yeah, absolutely. And she, you know, she also talks about how that amazing Coachella performance came together and why it was so important for her to incorporate so much Black history and uh, symbolism into it because she is aware that she has this platform and she wants to just change the way that we talk about things and how these things are discussed and who can talk about them. Yeah. It's it's really admirable. You know, I was thinking about this on the way over because we talk about Beyonce a lot on this podcast and I you have some conspiracy theories but otherwise yeah. I'm I know that you really admire Beyonce yeah. both as a celebrity but you know she has talent. She makes good use of that talent. I admire her immensely and we talk about her a lot and as do a lot of people. And I was also thinking simultaneously about this recurring theme that we have on Jam Session of um, we got to be careful about how much we deify celebrities, what yeah. we can expect of a celebrity, um, not confusing, say, politics and celebrity, but um, to have limits and to understand what someone can be to us. And I was kind of like, do I need to examine my Beyonce-ness of it all. And I think the answer is no. Yeah. I think that I was just kind of like, she is really an inspiration. And I, you don't say that. That's such a corny-ass thing to say. I'm really aware of it. But <laughs> she is aware of her power. She is using it in responsible ways. She is not claiming someone's entire life, but yeah. using it to start other conversations and to make other women feel good about themselves in ways big and small. And I think that's just the best case version. Yeah. I also um, remember going to the tour for Lemonade, mm-hmm. and I th- obviously it was an amazing performance. It was at the Rose Bowl. It was like such a cool spectacle. I did not have good seats, and I still thought it was really cool. And then I, I like I didn't really like the part where she started like speaking, and it was very um, like sort of spiritual. And I just thought it like it wasn't as well executed as the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. And and I I just don't think that she is like necessarily like, a great speaker for what what a wonderful performer she is and it's been really really cool watching her use her art and like these mag like these magazine moments to have a message and to convey it in a really deliberate way and like maybe she doesn't like speaking like maybe she also doesn't like to give interviews or she doesn't like you know maybe like I I don't know and I don't mean that to be like maybe it's like a backhanded compliment I, I don't mean it to be but it just was like a weaker part of the show when the rest of when she perfects everything else like the the dance m- numbers all the outfit mm-hmm. changes she she had freaking like the like pools on top of the stage to do the freedom, the song with right. Kendrick Lamar. Like it was so cool. And I just thought it was like not as strong as a presentation as the rest. And this is like just the like strongest, most impactful, meaningful celebrity, like presentation for lack of a better word that I, that I can think of. And I used to be really critical of how I thought like Jay-Z and Beyonce got like so much adulation and love. And I wasn't sure they deserved it. Cause I was like, well, we haven't like heard from them. And we've heard from her in really like poignant ways over the last three years that I've just, made me change my mind. And I, I think that even if she was always like this and I was underrating her and was like too, was like mean, I, I think like the ways that like she's like grown up and like managed to figure out how to transition from being like a, 
in a girl group to being a solo artist to then being like a like one of the most famous moms is really amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And she talks about that that a bit in this interview as well that she's learning that yeah. You know, she looks back at herself now in her 20s and she was learning how to navigate this thing uh these issues and there's some things that she's learning and learned and some things she's still learning. It's true that we have kind of like watched Beyoncé quote grow up, which sounds like a ridiculous thing to say because Beyonce has always been this avatar of like female strength and yeah. perfection and was just kind of like that pretty instantly. But she was still in her 20s navigating a marriage, navigating, growing a business all very, very much and in the public eye. And she's done it so well that maybe we don't think about that. Yeah. Um, but Again, she's really impressive. I'm we're lucky to have Beyonce. I really I feel, feel that way. I feel the same way too. And I really didn't used to have really come around. She's <laughs> now that she now that she needed me or it matters, but I do I do find it impressive. She also, I just think, is so much prettier in this natural look. I like I just think she looks stunning, but good for her. She doesn't really need my approval one way or the other. I love the photos. It do you think they were taken at the Malibu home? Maybe. One thing that I've noticed about the last few years of Beyonce is she's such a strong connection to place. Like she yes. mentioned it, like when, and on the run too, performing in Berlin was really meaningful for her because of Jesse Owens. And obviously, so much of Lemonade was tied to New Orleans. And then I think these photos, like you said, they're like less, they're less um, stylized in terms of the portraits, but the locations in some ways are like way more noticeable, even if you don't know exactly where she is. Yeah, I didn't mean to imply that they were in any way uh, not deliberate or not. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, again, there's a lot of skill that goes into this. Stop taking, you know, pictures of me random places, please. Put your phone down. Yeah, unless you're really skilled. (sighs) Um, It's amazing. Shout out to Beyonce. Their tour seems fun. Hope everyone's enjoying it. I really want to go. It's in September at the Rose Bowl. Oh, it is? Yeah. That's cool. Rose Bowl is a great place for a concert. I've still never seen a concert there. I've only gone the one time, and it it was really good. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Um, great job to Beyonce. Do you have any Vogue thoughts in general? Yes. So the other rumor that was alluded to, that I alluded to earlier, was that this would be Anna Wintour's last issue of Vogue. And that was pretty widely reported to the point that Condé Nast's CEO issued a denial of it and that she said that she would be working at Vogue indefinitely, which, by the way, is not a concrete answer when you actually read through it, read th- through the lines. But anyway... Yeah, I, it. everyone seemed to think that this would be her last issue. Right. And that had been rumored for a year. So far, that does not seem to be the case. It's. It would have been a good last issue to go out on, yeah, I suppose. Of course. I don't know. We'll Beyonce. see. Who knows? Good luck to Anna Wintour and to everyone else. <laughs> um, this concludes the deep and meaningful portion of Jam Session. Yes. And now we need to move on to an important summer update, which is the beginning of the uh, the low-end portion of this podcast. Yes. Yacht season, people, still happening. The Yacht of Influence is still sailing through the Mediterranean. Unbelievable. Da- okay. David Geffen, two days ago, posted an Instagram from his yacht, which we've discussed, and it featured the following people on it. Oprah, Juliana Margulies, and her husband, Keith Lieberthal, who I could talk about for a long time. Steve and Daryl Roth, though, and spelled incorrectly. Lloyd and Laura Blankfein, definitely want to hit that. Mm -hmm. Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. Truman Hanks, one of his sons. Bradley Cooper and Sean. Is that Sean Penn? It's unclear. Bradley Cooper is like almost unidentifiable in this photo as well. Which one is he? I think he's behind David Geffen. Oh, I see. So he's hiding. I get it. 
I suppose. He's something. This is really something. I, I don't even really know where to begin with it. So just to refresh her, the last time that we talked about David Geffen's yacht, which was two weeks ago, it was Carly Kloss and Josh Kushner, Michael Hess and Misha Nonu, Paul McCartney and his wife. Yes. It's a real, this is the place to see and be seen this summer. Bruce Springsteen was also there. Oh, yeah. With his with his wife, Patty. Also, by the way, the name of the ship, in case you've forgotten, is The Rising Sun. And in many of his of David Geffen's Instagram captions, he just refers to it as like Rising Sun. Rising Sun in Capri. Rising Sun on a clouding day. Like he just is, he fucking loves his yacht. And so do I. The, I wonder if David Geffen invites you on the yacht, are you allowed to ask like who else is going to be there? Here's what I was going to ask. I don't think that you're allowed to. I think you're probably allowed to know, and you have to assume that David Geffen is sort of, it's like having a dinner party, right? You've got to be monitoring the situation a bit. But I think that you probably, I don't know, how much money do you think you have to have to ban someone else from David Geffen's yacht? Interesting. To ban someone. Mm -hmm. Um, I think somewhere above Bradley Cooper, but below Oprah. Okay. So, so Oprah can ban some. I think Oprah probably could ban some. I think from like some, yacht. not that he would be invited, but I feel like a, someone on the level of like Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio could ban someone, but like Bradley Cooper couldn't. Okay. I feel like my real question is, are you allowed to go on the yacht and not be on the Instagram? Well, I think, I think no. I think it's yeah. like, I think it's like, I will do what I want. You're on my rising sun. But how long until these people are aware of the fact that being photographed on David Geffen's yacht puts you in a certain group of celebrity that's maybe going to have some backlash on you? Well, I think the Lloyd Blankfein thing is tough. Yeah. That's tougher than to me, Josh Kushner. Okay. I think Lloyd. I think neither are good. I think the Lloyd, I think that the Lloyd Blankfein Association here is going to be a blight on some supposed progressives and some supposed liberals. I just think that's a, a tough one to stomach. I would agree. I guess they have deniability. It's not their yacht. Sure. They didn't know who was going to be there. And it's not, I mean, I don't know. It's not. But I think, it's a, I it's mean, a tricky. It's a tricky one. It's also listen, like, it's not to say they don't like, they all probably knew him already anyway. Right. That's my thing. It's actually not being photographed with him. That's the problem. It's just once you're in the photo. I know. It's like you're on some yacht. I know. It just reinforces so many of the um of like the stereotypes about Hollywood too. Like yes. it's like these like this is like so funny and silly and I enjoy it, but I'm also just like, oh right, this is why people hate Hollywood liberals. Because then they just like go on the yacht, it's out of touch, hang out with anyone who's on their level of wealth, and they just like keep keep it moving. The Bernie bros are like, yeah, these fucking guys. They totally are. Yeah. But I'm just like, it's so easy to not have these people be angry at you and it's by not letting, by not posting the picture, David Geffen, of everyone on the yacht. I guess he just doesn't care. I mean, I, it's, that's, that's the other typical Hollywood of being like, I need to make sure you know that all of these yeah. people were on my yacht. Right. And that's like the price of entry. Yes. So you probably do have to pose for the Instagram. Right. Right, right. Yeah, so it's a, it's a... Would you go and agree to be on the Instagram? Yes. Yeah, you would. I... I would be lying if I said no. Right. I just love luxury, Amanda. I also love luxury. This doesn't seem like a fun crew, though. Would you go? I don't know. I And I know that that sounds like I'm lying. I know that sounds like the biggest lie in the world because no one loves fancy vacations as more than I do. And this would be a really lovely vacation in the Mediterranean. But here are my, some of my concerns. 
Okay. Number one, I don't, I, as we've established, this podcast is now about how I hate photographs. But like, I really, really don't like photographs. And I wouldn't want to pose and be on this Instagram. But also, we've also talked about a yacht just being, I prefer a hotel in general. Yeah, I agree. Right? But then also, you're on a boat with a lot of strangers. Yeah, it's true. I don't like to be somewhere where I can't just like escape and be by myself. So this, yeah. would, this would be tough. I just want to say, I just noticed that one of the the comments on here is yes. from Wendy Murdoch, and it says, have the best time, DG, and then five hearts. Oh, um, that's really, really Iconic. Good. Iconic. Great stuff. By the way, a slight, slight detour while yeah. we're talking politics and celebrity. Yeah. We were chatting about succession and the ringer slack today. Yes. And Alyssa Barazanak was saying she wanted a little bit more Wendy Dang and the Marsha character. Yeah. And that inspired me to go to YouTube and look up the time that Marsha, that uh, Marsha, that Wendy Dang defended Rupert, after he got the foam pie in the face in front of Parliament, the MP that was questioning him at the time? Yes. Louise Mensch. The one no. And, the one and only. Was it really? I'm pretty sure. Stop it. I, I'm pretty positive. That's incredible. <laughs> I know. I want to watch that television show. I know. Wow. Yes, it was wild. Okay. I sent it to Chris Ryan, and I was like, this looks exactly like Louise Mensch, but it can't be her. And he was like, well, she was in Parliament then. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's her. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. So anyway, this is just a, this is a, this is a portrait of the 1% and why the 1% is hated. It really is. Le- regardless of who you give your money to. It's also like none of these people's lives have changed in any way, except for like by their own making in the last like 20 years. That's really true. It's like really, it's like the David Geffen updates are just like so unbelievable that the people he gets to come together. But like when you really dig into it, it's just like, oh my God, it's uh, it's undercovered is all, is all I want to say. The David Geffen yacht, when it, when it has to come back into, into the port, it'll be sad. It's really true. Can I say one more thing about the photographs? Of course. Just a tremendous number of bare feet in this photograph, which like, I guess that's what happens on a yacht. But a lot of men in bare feet just bearing all on Instagram. Oprah's wearing obviously extremely expensive slides, yeah. but they're so ugly. They have like a really chunky heel. They look like they're like practical, like so you don't slide on the deck if it's wet, but they're so ugly. You won't catch me criticizing Oprah. <laughs> she does look great in her like her caftan. Yeah, she and she's having the most fun. Juliana Margulies has a bad rep, just so you know. Like, yeah, like they basically, everyone knows they, that they ended the good wife and reconstituted as the good fight to get rid of her. I know that <laughs> you think just because I didn't watch every episode <laughs> of the good fight that I don't know that Juliana Margulies has a bad rap and that she and Archie Punjabi would not appear on even, screen yeah. together. Even for their last scene. I watched too. the last scene. I amazing. saw the camera angles. I know. <laughs> so I can't believe she got invited. Does David Geffen not know that she's disliked? Well, maybe she's only mean to people who she feels to be beneath her in some capacity. Maybe she's really nice to Oprah and David Gaffin. She probably is. Yeah. Her husband, Keith Lieberthal, is just like a, just a civilian. He's just a lawyer. Yeah, he's really cute, though. He's really cute. Good he's for a, Juliana Margulies. Hot, a hot lawyer and also yeah. a younger man for her, for yeah. her which I love. Um, this is. Would you rather be with this crew or the Carly Kloss crew? I would rather be with this crew. This crew, of course, you got Oprah and Tom Hanks and Bradley Cooper. Oh wow, that's well. I I wonder. I <laughs> Juliana Margulies and Bradley Cooper together at a dinner table. I just seems really really tense. Um, I, notable Irina Shakes not there. Just want to yeah. Just want to leave that there. That's a good point. Just no Irina. Yeah. Um, Oprah seems like just so fun on a yacht. Like I, I think that she'd be my ideal yacht mate. I agree. Can't think of anyone better. That's definitely why I'm picking this group. Yeah. Also, Tom Hanks and Reed Wilson seem like they probably get really like like liquored up at like sunset. They seem very fun. Yeah. 
Also, like, shout out to them for bringing their son. They co-produced Mamma Mia too, so they are, they understand the spirit of the summer that we're going for. The official movie of summer to go along with the official podcast of summer. Yeah. Um, This has been Jam Session, our summer update. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks to David Geffen and Beyonce. And Hotel Tonight. <laughs>